sure I am a compulsive overeater. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, you know, I, I thought at one point in my life I would probably be here at 80 or 90 years old, and I wouldn't know anybody, and everybody would be 22 or 23. But you know what? Like, Carl knew me at 260 pounds, busting out of the size 24. There's my friend Susan Linder. There's Michael Bond, who's, you know, carried the message way before me. So, you know what? I'm in a room of my fellows, and I am really, really grateful. So, to get the numbers out of the way, uh, my top weight was 260 pounds. It was busting. This is my dress. I was busting out of size 24. I'd like you to notice this very nice cross weight. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when I say I was busting out of size 24, that meant those arms were really, really tight. That dropped weight was, like, stretching out the seam, you know? And Carl and I worked together. I was director of operations at a company out in Calabasas. And we worked together for several months before we even knew about this program together. And um, so he would see me in this hideous dress. There's only two people still around the program today that ever saw me in this dress. But I was told by my very first sponsor, Sherry, don't get rid of it. It's waiting for you. Don't you ever forget for one minute that you look like this, that you're not really this. So I saved this dress because it is waiting for me. Because I had to fully concede to my innermost self that I was a truly a compulsive overeater. Because the definition of a diet in our book, it says, after any brief period of relapse, uh, of recovery, there's a still worse relapse, right? So uh, let me just finish those numbers before I get ahead of myself here. 260 pounds, less than a size 24. I have 16 and a half years of back-to-back -back abstinence, and I'm 50 years old. I don't know It's pretty fabulous. So, um, anyhow, just to let you know, we're going to be doing some questions and answers after this. So, and I really invite you to ask whatever you want. And um, so that being said, so this thing about this diet, right? After any brief period of recovery, there was a still worse relapse. And you know, every 20 pounder. Every 100-pounder was a 20-pounder. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I could sit before you and say, I have 28, 29 years of back-to-back -back absence, but I don't. I only have 16 and a half. And that's because I did Sherry's program and not the 12-step program. All right? So I came to my first OA meeting when I only had 20 pounds to lose. Mm -hmm. Isn't that sad? So this disease is an elevator going all the way down, and you can press the button at any one point and get off. This is the button. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You can just press this button and get off at any time. But it says, it's the fact, that most of us have to be pretty badly mangled before we press the button. Okay? Because I want to do me. I, me, 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 more me. I don't really care about you, and I certainly don't want to do that God thing, right? That type of thinking, because my mind is the mind of an addict, brings to me insane ideas in the form of common sense. <laughs> so today I've learned that I can press the button at any one point and get out of right here, right now. Because before, my old thinking would be to get out of right here, right now, would be two pizzas and six to eight candles. I don't have to do that anymore.
So when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, and you know the story, I only had 20 pounds to lose. Oh, you know what? Here's my pictures. I'm going to pass these around. But we're being taped today, and so for the people on tape, here's two normal pictures here right in the front. I keep these two normal pictures here in the front because I can never forget for one minute that this disease centers in my mind, not my body. Even though I look normal, I can't think for one minute that I can go do what I see that beautiful blonde do in the restaurant and get angry at her for. No, I'll, go, I'll get back to that in a minute. So here, here I am. I'm the tall one with the dark hair here with my sister. She's the blonde. <laughs> okay. And here I am with my uh, best girlfriend, and I, she has the sunglasses on, and I just. And here I am, you know, this pink, big pink blob. I literally guided my way to be, uh, you know, 260 pounds. So um, I just want to tell you my experience, my strength, and my hope. It is a progressive disease. There's not one lie, and I have studied this thing. There's not one lie in this book. It's all true. So, <clears throat> when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, or while I was dieting my way to be 100 pounds overweight, and I would look at that beautiful blonde, and I'd go, it's not fair. Why can she eat like that? She's having the appetizer. She's having the entree. She's having the uh, dessert and the after-dinner drink. And she, that's not fair. And I really felt, now this is how I believe, and I know a lot of you can relate to this, I really felt that, that the only thing that was wrong with me was that I was fat. Okay? That's how this disease will, will elude you. Okay, So I'm going to read you a letter from your disease. I am your disease. Good morning. <laughs> I hate meetings. I hate higher powers. I hate anyone who has a program. To all who come in contact with me, I wish you death and suffering. <coughs> Allow me to introduce myself. I am the disease of addiction. I am cunning, baffling, and powerful. That's me. I have killed millions, and I am pleased. I love to catch you with the element of surprise. I love pretending I am your friend and lover. I have given you comfort, haven't I? Wasn't I there when you were lonely, when you wanted to die? Didn't you call on me? I was there. I love to make you hurt. I love to make you cry. Better yet, I love to make you so numb that you can neither hurt nor cry. When you can't feel anything at all, this is true gratification. And all that I ask from you is long-term suffering. I've been there for you always. When things weren't going right in your life, you invited me. You said you didn't deserve these good things, and I was the only one who would agree with you. Together, we were able to destroy all the good things in your life. People don't take me seriously. They take strokes seriously, heart attacks seriously, even diabetes they take seriously. Fools. Without my help, these things would, be, would, would not be possible. I am such a hated disease, and yet I do not come uninvited. You choose to have me. So many have chosen me over reality and peace. More than you hate me, I hate all of you who have a 12-step program. Your program, your meetings, your higher power, all these things weaken me, and I can't function in the manner I am accustomed to. 
Now I must lie here quietly. Lie here so quietly. You don't see me, but I am growing bigger than ever. And when you only exist, I may live. When you live, I may only exist, but I am here. And until we meet again, if, if we meet again, I wish you death and suffering. So that is my disease. But it comes to me like a fellow. All right? So that's why I had to fully concede to my innermost self that I was truly a compulsive old reader. And I can't forget for one minute. This is like a bed sheet. Okay? It's waiting for me. But as long as I keep my button, pressing this button of recovery, I never have to return to that. All right? So in the first step, gosh, I'm so going to run out of time. In the first step, when I got my very first sponsor, she said, Sherry, what's the first step? She goes, what's the most important word? And I said, oh, I know that one. Right, Miss Ego talking here, right? She goes, no. I go, they say it all in the meeting. She goes, well, that's not the most important word. And I said, what? And she goes, sweet. She goes, she goes, do you know what? I can't stay abstinent myself, but we can. And she goes, you got that you were powerless before you came into these meetings. You knew that you were powerless over two pieces and 68 candy bars. But we, okay, this is a we program. That's the most important part. And you know what? Like I said, I could have 28, 29 years, but I know I only have 16 and a half. And that's because I have 16 and a half years of obtaining and maintaining healthy body weight, a business that thrives, a marriage that thrives, a life and a spirit that thrives. I'm 50 years old. I look younger, happier, prettier, more enthusiastic than I ever have. You can see it in my pictures. It's like, what is Spirituality, full-step program, just a fountain of youth, just getting out of my own way? I don't know. Constant thought of others? Does that just not make me into an old and bitter woman? I don't know. Like, look, you can see, you can feel it. It's abundant. So I, I just, I love this program. But I had to get that we part. So the last line in the first step, it says, we, not me, we stand ready to do anything to have this merciless obsession relieved. So she said to me, she goes, are you ready? <laughs> I was afraid to tell her no, so I said yeah. <laughs> but I did put my hand in her hand, and I did everything she told me what to do. And before I knew it, my life looked a lot more like this than that last 24. Okay? So step two, it says, in step two, it says, work this program. Don't worry yourself about this step. It says, work this program as enthusiastically as you can. So I was doing it. Five to seven meetings a week, you know, calling my sponsor, being a sponsor, you know, doing all the stuff we need to do. So step three, you know, is the spirituality step. I'm like, oh, man, you know, what's this? You know, let's just get on to step four and believe in God. She goes, Sherry, you have a belief, but you don't have reliance. I'm like, well, what the heck is that? And so she said, she goes, why don't you say this prayer every day for two weeks and tell me how you feel? And she says, so I, I go like this. Because there's three parts, and I'm like looking at this clock going, I can't talk to you There's three parts to the third step. It says, made a decision. Wow. You have to decide, right? You can't just do the third step. Because in the big book, right, it says being convinced we're at this step. Like if you're not convinced... 
Don't, you can't go farther, okay? So as you make a decision to turn your will, your life and your will, right? That's your thoughts and your actions, right? Over to the care of God. As you understand it. Not as I understand it, or he or she, but as you, like, so do you have an understanding of your higher power? Is your higher power safe? You know, like, I have a really good friend in this room. Hi, Susan. Thanks for asking me to speak, also. But Susan and I are really good friends, and you know, she had been she's been around for what 20 years. Yeah, you know what I mean, like old time. Looks young. She's older than me, right? You want to look young and feel alive? This is a place to do it. So anyhow. Um, Totally lost my train of thought. Um, step three, three parts. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I bring you into this? Mm-hmm. Did I say something about that? Mm-hmm. You were quoting her or something. Three parts. Hey, at least you guys are listening. Right? <laughs> you know what? I don't know. I just, um, I don't know. Susan, I love you. You know, Susan is just a great friend. Oh, I know what. Susan is a friend of mine. She's not a program buddy. She's a friend, okay? So we, like when we talk, we talk about program, but we also talk about a lot of emotional intimacy and we share. So if she was mean to me, do you think I'd call her if I was sad or upset? No way. If she was mean to me, that wouldn't be a friend. If she would betray my trust, if she was talking behind my back, if she was an unsafe place for me, do you think I'd call her up? No way. So my higher power has to look like friends so I can have reliance. Because if my higher power looks like somebody who's going to be like, that's out of me. I'm not calling that higher power. So my higher power today is somebody I can rely on. It's like a friend. So this morning when I'm doing my prayer and meditation, I'm like, help me. You know, I'm to speak in front of these people. I've been doing this 16 and a half years. It looks like I should know how to do this, right? The, I know how to create an addict, right? Don't let them feel. I definitely will return to the food. So I have to feel a feeling that, you know what, I'm just former Fauci. I don't know how to help you guys. So you know what, God, that means that you have to speak through me. You have to help your people today. So I just go, just please get me out of your way. So that whole thing about the higher power, if your higher power is not somebody you can just cuddle up to and go, help me, that, that is not a good higher power for you. Okay? So there's this part in the book that it says, and it says, food is but a symptom. I'm like, no, man, that is a freaking problem. It's like, no, sure, it's a symptom. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And she, and she goes, well, read further, right? And it says this, and I'll give you the page number. It's page 64, and it says, our food was but a symptom. We had to get down to causes and conditions. So lower on the page, it says, when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And I'm like, man, just give me the job. I don't do this spiritual stuff. I have another friend in the program. She goes, when I got this big book, she goes, I started looking for the diet. She goes, and I thought it was right here. Was here. <laughs> Here's the ingredients. This is how much. This is breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner. The only thing that the big book says about food is that an alcoholic should always have candy and sugar readily available. (laughs) That's a whole other story, but I figured out how that that works in my life and that has to do with abstinence and food plans. And I do these workshops all up and down California called Mapping Out Your Abstinence and a food plan called The ABCs of Abstinence, and I'm going to be doing another one in uh, Chapsworth, 
June 3rd. Is that right? Is that right? I think it's, it's June 3rd. When? Northridge. Okay, it's Northridge, June 3rd. So um, if your abstinence is not clean and clear, it's a great place to figure out what's my abstinence, what's my food plan. Because, you know, I wish that our primary purpose would be to obtain and maintain a healthy body weight. You know, like in DA, they say no deading, right? Puts plug in the job, right? In, in Alcoholics Anonymous, it's so, be sober, puts plug in the job. For us, abstinence is like, what is that? It's different for everybody. Thank God, right? Because if you told me that I couldn't binge on steak and applesauce, I'd go, that's not the problem. I ain't ever heard about a burrito. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about dignity of choice. And you have to do your abstinence and your food plan because if you have your blood person through your veins, not mine. So it's a it's a it's a great workshop and it has become the number one selling C D and tape in all of OA and it has just you know, I just got a message from the OA office the other day that it's just you know, being mailed out all over the United States and you can get that from the San Fernando Valley University. Um, okay, so you know, step three. So it was like what do you mean I have to figure out this spiritual malady? And this is how it looks from, this is how it, I kind of break it down. Our physical life is just a mirror of our eternal life. Can you, do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if I start thinking about, hmm, Taco Bell, I think I have this, I think I have that, my thoughts go to my words. And then my feet follow, right? So that's why it's really important in the third step that we turn our life and our will, our thoughts and our actions, over to the care of God. So if you look at page 86, and it says, On Awakening, and we all read this, right? And it says this. There's five acts. It says we ask God to direct our thinking. All right? Now that starts inside. So if I'm asking God to take care of this, then I probably won't be on that self-will run riot, and I probably won't be listening to those insane ideas that come to me in the form of common sense. That's the first thing it says when we think about the 24 hours ahead, to ask God to direct our thinking. Because it all starts here, right? It says in our literature, the disease is centered in my mind, not my body. So I go, okay, God, please direct my thinking. The next thing it says, we ask God for an intuitive thought, and inspiration. And sometimes, you know, with my, you know, with sponsoring or my clients or my marriage or any aspect of my life, I go, wow, that was really good. And I go, you know what, that wasn't me. That was that intuitive thought. Thank God I took the time to ask. That's all I had to do. I had to ask. That's a good. All right. And sometimes the hardest thing I'll do all day is sit and have quality bona fide prayer meditation because we can all do a very quick prayer meditation that we're not real present for so I make sure that mine's quality so those are the first two S the third S is this we ask especially for freedom from self will that's going to keep me in the game right it's going to keep me turning my life and my will over the care of God as I understand it that's going to help the physical outcome of my life because of what I create in my life is a, is a printout of my interior if my exterior is a printout of my interior that keeps me start get, getting set for the day right so the other ask is we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation so you know what was really interesting is after all these years <coughs> of doing program 
And, you know, my husband might have a hard time here or there, and I say, oh, you know what, this has been so helpful to me. Do you want me to read you this? Right? Never unsolicited. And, oh, yeah. So I would read him on awakening or just for today or on acceptance. So what happened after all these years? So in the morning, we get up, and, you know, he does his thing, and then we sit down, we have coffee together, we have 15 minutes together in the morning, and we always do a little reading. That happened automatically. By the way, I have a great marriage and a very handsome husband. And then it says that we ask for the right thought or action. Ask for the right thought or action. So these are just, this is great for me to start my day with. And then if you look back here where we were talking about on page 64, if you flip over to like page 66, this is the thing about fear. that <clears throat> once a friend of mine one day, and she's got a lot of years in front of her, and she goes, you know what? I still have trouble with fear. I go, man, you always have trouble with fear. She goes, really? She goes, I thought I was supposed to outgrow fear. I go, no. The minute you get your biggest gimme, give me the husband, give me the job, give me the car, what are you going to worry about? Well, will he love me forever? You know, will the earthquake crash my car? Will it, I mean, will the earthquake crash my house? Will somebody, you know, key my car? You know, so the minute you get the gimme, you're introduced to your next greatest fear. Right? And that's okay, because this is how it says to outgrow fear. This is the promise, page 68. It says, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have to be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. Okay? So I don't ever think for one minute, fear's not going to be part of my life. Okay? Because this is how it all ties in. I'll always have fear, but I can outgrow it at any one moment. Because when the spiritual malady is overcome, I straighten out mentally and physically. So if I work hard on my spiritual thing, my food, my body, my relationships are going to clean up. Because food is but a symptom. So I say this to people. When your food gets wonky, don't focus on the newest diet. Don't try and control your food. If you've if you got to do food out, you've got to put more God in. Okay? Because this is not just a spiritual program. It's a spiritual program of what? Action. Yeah. Okay? It's a spiritual program of action. And, you know, this is not like... When I first got into program, when I first worked with my sponsor, and she said to me, you know, that she had this great answer for me to lose this weight, right? And cause I really thought she was just going to strike me thin. I could go back to two people, you know, six eight kilograms. So she said to me, um, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah. Shoot, what were we talking about? Action. 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 So um, she said to me, she goes, Shuri, you know, you said that you say you know so much about programming and Overeaters Anonymous doesn't work. So she goes, tell me what your sponsor was like. Well, I didn't have one of those. <laughs> she goes, what's your favorite part of the big book? Yeah. Ah, I don't have one of those. Because all I really wanted to come is to come here, feel a little better, hear your stories and your pictures, because I could really, I could absolutely identify, right? So if you want to feel better, go to the eat. But if you want to recover... Press the button. Get off, get off that elevator and start going back up. You know? So that's, um, it is a spiritual program. And she goes, sure. She, she goes, the reason you think that OA doesn't work, she goes, because you're doing it your way. And your way, you've proved countless times that it doesn't work, but you still want to do it. This is a we program. you got to get with the we. 
She goes, it's not your program, it's our program. So if you ever hear a sponsee say, man, my program's not working, you can just poke right through the eyes. And go, honey, it's not your program, it's our program. So I have this thing called a success quotient. And uh, I don't have any with me. But anyhow, but, oh, yes, I do. They're going to cut me off in one second. But anyhow, in the back of my that big book, it says September 12, 1989. A equals F, you know, I have A, B, C, the legacy, C, food plan, and blah, blah, On this other page, I have my recovery quotient. All right? And so I wrote down what I did in the very, very early days, how I was able to obtain and maintain a healthy body weight, right? Because it's not about being abstinent. Because people say, Sherry, I'm not having a problem with my abstinence. I'm having a problem with my weight. You know, so to obtain and maintain a healthy body, because abstinence is how we eat, and our food plan is what we do eat. And that's the tool, right? And the abstinence is what we are. Hopefully that will change to be obtain, maintain a healthy body weight one day, because it speaks to anorexic, bulimic, compulsive readers. So, um... I don't know why I lose the train of thought. Okay. The success question. So what I did in the beginning, right, I went to a lot of meetings. I had a sponsor. I was a sponsor. I went to workshops, gave a workshop. I, I have like 20 things that, you know, pray and meditate. I have all these things. So after 16 and a half years looking like this, do you ever think I put any weight on? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I go up two, I go down two, I go up three, I go down three. Okay, but I'm staying in the game, okay? Do you think that's what a normal woman does? Yeah. Okay, so if I do what I did when I pressed the button that was going all the way down, when I do what I did in the beginning, then I'll still get the great results for today, all right? So every time my weight goes up, I start padding my meal. It's not looking so good. And when it doesn't look good, what's the, what's the feeling that comes before that? It's feeling bad right here, right between my ears, okay? See, I didn't come to Overeaters Anonymous for the vanity. I did that at 20 pounds. When I came in at 260 pounds, I came because I couldn't live in my head anymore. And you know what? I was never enough. Today, I'm enough. I like me. I'm nice to you. Not because you're nice to me, but because I, who I am, who I choose to be. I think my time is, I have to stop. I am so sorry. I'd love to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for listening.